Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us again on the PCICS podcast, the official podcast of the Pediatric Cardiac Intensive Care Society. My name is Jill Zender, and I'm a nurse practitioner in the cardiac ICU at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston, Texas. I'm also a member of the PCICS podcasting committee. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with my colleagues, Artie Bavare and Natasha Afonso, both pediatric cardiac intensivists at Texas Children's Hospital. They will be speaking to us today about the design and implementation of cardiac rapid response at Texas Children's Hospital, which led to the development of a North American special interest group. Thank you both so much for joining us today. I wanted to start with having you tell us a little bit about what led you to start working on this project. Hi, Joe. Uh, thank you. And hi, everyone. Um, I'm Aarti. And um, this question that you brought up, Jill, takes me back to like 12 years ago when we first established um, our rapid response team um, here at TCH. And we were very thoughtful in designing um, the team based on the recommendations uh, from governing bodies back then, where we uh, looked at what needs to go into the afferent um, component of the limb and the efferent. Um, turns out that over the years, we realized that a specific thing that was really needed was tracking of um, the outcomes after the rapid response events happened. So for example, not just how many patients got transferred to the unit, but how many needed specific ICU-based therapies, what were their length of stays, what happened thereafter uh, is as important as uh, just looking at the, uh, the resources uh, utilized during the event or whether we responded promptly or not. And then um, the other component that was uh, needed was after the outcomes were looked at, um, the, the results of the outcome scrutiny need to feed back into how does the system need to modify based on the ob observations. Um, so having um, done that for um, a few years, uh, we realized um, that there was a, sp a specific population that uh, needed uh, even more uh, careful scrutiny of what goes into the resources, the events, and then um, hence the outcomes. Um, and that was pediatric cardiac population. Um, uh, so as all of us know, this population has their unique uh, pathophysiologies and need um, uh, modified resuscitation protocols for that. And that warranted us to um, have to um, scrutinize what needs to be a cardiac rapid response. Uh, in terms of uh, both the afferent um, and efferent component. Uh, so we um, uh, developed uh, an, uh, a specific um, uh, offshoot, so to say, of our rapid response team uh, and redesigned uh, who would be responding and what would happen to the, to the rapid response events triggered for um, cardiac uh, pediatric uh, population. Um, we also, around the same time, we're um, going to relocate to a brand new um, legacy tower, which was a building uh, that was going to house our heart center, uh, which included our acute care or the wards for um, cardiac uh, patients and then the cardiac ICUs. Um, and we utilize the opportunity of this geographic relocation to implement uh, this redesigned um, piece of uh, rapid response that we now call the cardiac rapid response teams. Awesome. Um, what were the specific outcomes that you were looking at or found important to include in the outcomes tracking? So, um, like I said, it's it's one thing to look at the number of events, but number of events is really a process measure. So, um, the number of rapid response events within our center are um, high, and we actually don't look at high or low, but we look at we want to at 
we we follow the policy of no call is a wrong call so anyone who um, is, is working on acute care and um, um, is concerned about a patient for any specific reason can activate a rapid response um, we also have certain guidelines in terms of cr criteria for decompensation on the respiratory cardiac or neurologic side of things we have our acute warning scores that again our acute warning scores for generalized pediatric rapid response um, uh, are pediatric advanced warning score uh, but for the cardiac population we utilize the uh, validated score of choose uh, and implemented the measurement of that score on our acute care units um, and so um, any of these criteria when a response gets activated uh, the team would respond as you all know and the patient would or would not need to be moved to the ICUs. Usually the number of events and the movement of the patient or the worsening of the patient during the event is considered as an outcome measure and tracked by most institutions. Uh, but those where, uh, like I said, some of them are process metrics and others are again subjective because a, a provider may think that a patient needs to be moved versus another provider might feel like the, the treatment could still be optimized on the acute care wards and the movement may happen if things still worsen. So that really is not an objective outcome metric. What we think um, and we implemented as um, outcome metrics in our center included after the movement of the patient, a measure, measure called um, REACT, um, which stands for um, rapid escalation associated with critical transfer. And in, within that population, we include the patients who uh, escalate to needing any form of invasive or non-invasive ventilatory support um, after moving to the ICU or um, need hemodynamic support. So those, in, um, those are objective uh, measures of the patient clinical condition worsening to need that level of support. So uh, that within a 24-hour time frame, um, and then eventually length of ICU stay, length of hospital stay, mortality, all of those outcome metrics are included as well. And we actually do a very thorough qualitative review of all our patients that um, qualify to being these um, REACT events or need those, those ICU-specific therapies within 24 hours. And whatever we find from that qualitative review, we actually feed back to um, change the resources utilize or modify the system based on the feedback we also provide individualized education and feedback to the responding and the activating teams so with the um, gathering of this data and the successful implement implementation of this process at texas children's um, i understand that then that led to the formation of a um, North American special interest group in the topic. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so um, after doing this process in our institution for a couple of years, we really were interested in seeing if other institutions um, were along the same lines um, tracking outcomes, or if not, then could we uh, share our experience to other institutions and see if they could implement a similar process and if that would benefit them. So we brought this idea to the uh, PCICS leadership and uh, they thought it was um, interesting enough to create a special interest group uh, from um, centers across North America, um, which we did. And um, we exchanged ideas in terms of um, outcomes tracking and improvement of um, targeted cardiac rapid response teams for, uh, for children. So once this special interest group was formed, what were the um, goals or responsibilities of this special interest group? We had 10 centers that participated in our, in our special interest group, and we made a 
we worked together to make a pilot survey that we gave to the members of that group. Um, from this, we, we realized that there were actually two other areas that we wanted to look at in addition to the ones Arthi mentioned before. So in total, we were looking at how our rapid response was activated, what resources are needed for rapid responses, um, including what training is given to rapid response team members, uh, the clinical management uh, that happens during rapid responses, and, um, and then the outcomes like we talked about earlier. Um, so we sent this web-based survey to over 120 centers last summer and got a very good response. Um, we did realize there's a lot of variability in practices between the many centers out there. Um, but we're working on sharing those results now and also further defining best practices for centers who are planning to create a specific cardiac RRT program. So what were the challenges you guys came up against um, when implementing uh, not only the uh, cardiac RRT process at Texas Children's, but in forming this uh, North American work group? So as regards to our institutional implementation of cardiac rapid response, it was a change in practice. So like any other change, it needed a, a solid goal to address in terms of why the change is needed. Um, so uh, for example, asking the pediatric um, rapid response team based out of general uh, pediatric ICU to not respond and the cardiac ICU to respond, um, it uh, needed uh, education um, and dissemination of information of the specific needs of this population. Again, um, like I said before, it was timely that we were geographically relocating and the only unit that relocated within the heart center was the cardiac acute care. So it was convenient that now as a uh, unified heart center, we were geographically close enough uh, to respond out of cardiac ICU. So uh, the ex expertise and the proximity of response teams uh, usually uh, is very important when restructuring of any response structure is needed. So as regards to um, formation um, of the special interest group and the challenges with it, uh, the whole process of um, sharing uh, thoughts and ideas with uh, people from different institutions has been a very um, informing exercise and um, has led to several um, uh, interesting um, uh, exchanges where uh, things that people utilize that could work in your system uh, have been um, uh, thought about um, and, and shared for others to implement or uh, modify. Uh, but one of the challenges is that uh, centers are uh, different uh, by nature of uh, how their geography is, how um, who staffs their units, uh, other resources available within and outside the cardiac ICUs, um, and hence, um, making any best practice recommendations. Um, uh, although we tried to factor in uh, and get multi-institutional input into making these recommendations, people who want to implement it will always have to uh, figure out how that can fit into their system. So that that is unfortunately going to be dependent on um, individual centers in terms of how uh, to figure out how they implement it. Uh, another uh, thing to consider is that there has to be a balance between uh, being uh, safe instead of being sorry, because uh, in day-to-day -day life, you can't really um, dispatch uh, a big team uh, with all kinds of resources and uh, to a patient who's deteriorating. And uh, while that same team members had concurrent responsibilities to take care of uh, in the cardiac ICU. And so again, individual centers will have to design uh, what 
is applicable to them based on their uh, availability of um, resources and personnel. Um, however, we do feel that um, this uh, highlighting the need of this uh, specified population uh, in terms of their unique resuscitation uh, modifications uh, needed for their pathophysiologies and raising the awareness is important. Um, and um, at, at the same time, uh, disseminating the work that um, has been accomplished uh, by different centers within this multi-center special interest group to um, uh, achieve um, outcomes tracking and changing or Im improving practices based on the information found uh, during outcomes tracking, uh, I think um, has been, um, uh, although challenging to gather as information, it would definitely uh, in our minds be helpful for centers who um, might want to um, start outcomes tracking and quality improvement of their own cardiac rapid response teams. So if you could give just one parting thought for the people listening to the podcast today, what is one thing that you each of you would want um, others to take away from this project and the work that you put into it? Um, so one important thing uh, that needs to be taken away, and this is not just uh, specific to cardiac rapid response, but it sort of applies to overall rapid response system, uh, is not to look at the number of events as an outcome metric, because a lot of people focus on that as there are high numbers, low numbers, but what happens to the patient after a rapid response is activated um, and uh, is there anything that can be learned to improve um, the rapid response system overall based on tracking of these outcomes after the events is more important? And that I think um, helps uh, develop a culture of safety within the institution by saying that you can call and we will come, come by to respond at, at any time. No call is a wrong call. That's a great point. Thank you. Um, Natasha, anything that you wanted to add? I think that, um, you know, from working in this multidisciplinary group, although, you know, Arthi has led the charge really well and done a fantastic job with creating the cardiac RIT program here at Texas Children's, I think it's been interesting from the multidisciplinary group to see what other centers are doing and how they approach similar problems differently. Um, and so just continuing to keep an open mind and learning from others, I think is really important. Thank you again, Arthi and Natasha, for speaking with me today about the design and implementation of a cardiac rapid response at Texas Children's Hospital and the North American Special Interest Group that you guys helped to form. We enjoyed having you on our podcast today. To all our listeners, thank you for listening to the PCICS podcast. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please visit our website, PCICS.org, where you can find more information about how to become a member and enjoy updated info on educational resources, meetings, job listings, and much more. The song I Don't Know by Grace was used under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license.